Hey, it's Josiah Novak, and welcome to the True Transformation Podcast, the top fitness podcast for men who want to get ripped, naturally boost testosterone levels, and use fitness as a tool to not only look and feel better, but improve all areas of life in the process. Welcome to the show. Buckle up. Life moves fast. Let's make it count. It's been too long, man. The, I, honestly, I don't know when the last time we actually connected. I want to say like 2018 when I came out to you guys. Yeah, it's been it's been a while. Just figured you were uh, big time in us now. You know, like oh, this guy doesn't want to hang out with us anymore. <laughs> He's like a big mind pump fan, not so much anymore. Got all famous. Doesn't want to come. never, <laughs> never, man, never, never, never. It's crazy, dude. It's probably a on a weekly basis where you guys get get dropped in some sort of correspondence between myself and someone else, whether it's like, Hey, I found you through mind pump or, Hey, you know, I was listening to mind pump and your name came up. I literally just had this happen. I think it was like two days ago. Someone said they were listening to a show and they heard my name in some, some aspect. I was like, well, that was probably an old episode. <laughs> that crazy. I still, it blows my mind that, uh, you know, we, it, what are we at? Uh, I think 1800 episodes is what we're at. And we still have people that go back and listen to every episode. Dude, wild. it's wild. It's insane. That's a lot. I mean, I, I don't listen to any podcast that religiously. And even if I did, I don't know. Like I, so I fell in love with the all in podcast recently and I don't miss any of their episodes, but they drop once a week. Right. But even them, I didn't go back and listen to their whole catalog. I just picked up where, where they were at when I started listening to them about I don't know, a year ago or whatever. I wish I had the time to do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I do listen to a couple, I still listen to you guys, like little tidbits and stuff like little snippets, but I just don't have time anymore, man. I mean, I get it. If I was still a trainer and coach, I, I could see where you could listen to us that much because we're providing not only entertainment, but education for coaches. Mm -hmm. So maybe I would, right. I say that, like, I think it's crazy, but then, you know, I don't know if I went back to like 22 year old me as a trainer, just getting started and, learning the way and stuff got linked up and found this podcast. Maybe I would, because I, I think that's the part that I think really gets a lot of people listening to everyone is that, okay, you like one of us or all of us. And then it's like, man, in every episode I learn something, you know? And so I think that's what kind of keeps the people going back and listening to even old ones, you know? Oh, hundred percent. I think if it, it'll fast track, it'll collapse time for you too. Right. You're, you're going to, pick up on so much and you're going to eliminate a lot of the nonsense and noise that is irrelevant. And just by listening to you guys, I mean, I think my, my timeline sped up drastically back in, when did you guys start? Was it 2013? Yeah. We're on year six now. 13 okay. done. Is that right? Uh, 15. We started uh, the podcast. Mm -hmm. 15, 2015. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, you know what? It must've been, it must've been social. No, yeah. Oh yeah. My social. Okay. So my Instagram started in 2013. So I yeah. turned it on. Uh, this was before even, you know, Sal, Doug, all of us all got together, Doug and Doug and Sal on 2013 were working on maps anabolic. Justin and I were building an app and I was, started my Instagram. So you're right. 2013 was the first time I ever posted on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, any of that stuff. Yeah, that's right. And it was about two years uh, later when everything started to come together and mind pump happened and you know, the rest. Yeah. That was the, we love to hate Adam days. Yeah. 
you got to be a long time follower to know that now, like that used to be kind of a, a cool way for me to test, like who's been riding for a while, but now it's uh, shit. Hardly anybody knows that. So I always got like a special, if someone can say, we love to hate Adam and they say some stuff like that or reference a super old, like thing that we called each other or whatever, back in the days, so I'm like, Oh shit, this is an OG for sure. Well, well, for those who want to have future trivia, my name was don't worry about it. <laughs> that, that was literally my screen. That. I don't even remember that. That's what it was. Oh shit. Yeah, I thought I was cool. You know, girls would be like, what's your Instagram? And I was like, don't worry about it. They're like, no, seriously. I'm like, yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> so I, I popped on my iPhone to play hearts. I play hearts every once in a while. I was flying. Right. And, uh, so I was on the plane and I decided to play some hearts. I haven't been on here in, in like years. Well, it still is attached to the very first Apple. I, I message profile thing. And I mean, I, I had to be been 19 years old or so, maybe even younger when I first created this thing, my handle was crazy chicks for me with the number four. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> that dated the shit. I was like, Oh my God, this is old. I remember the Dude. first time that it popped up Katrina. So she said, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I said, Oh my God, it's the handle I created when I was, I was a teenager. I, it's been, it's still attached to me. So I thought that was funny. That is hilarious. We, so my brother and I, we played this game where we'll go back on our Facebook timelines and we'll go back to like, you know, 2008 or 2009 and we'll screenshot our, our Facebook posts and we just send it to each other. And we're just like pain, cringe. Yeah. Like what, what was I thinking? Like, I can't believe I posted this. What kind of idiot was I, but yeah, you can literally track your, uh, your, your, your maturation, I guess, over, over the years. It's going to be wild to see how that, how our kids navigate that. Right. Like I can't imagine if everything stupid I said was logged <laughs> somewhere where <laughs> you could go back and screenshot it. Like, thank God I didn't, I didn't get involved in any of this stuff until I was damn near 20. So I missed out on a lot of that, but our, our kids, you know, they're going to be, you know, obviously evolve in, within all this stuff. And so it will be really interesting to see. I mean, I think we're starting to see some things already that social anxiety and stuff that I'm sure that it causes and uh, that comparison trap that I think a lot of kids are in where they open up their social media and they're constantly comparing to other kids. So it's going to be wild to see how we navigate this as parents and how these kids turn out in the next, next decade or two. It's a good segue into what I wanted to ask you about. Cause you're, you're a father now for how many, how, how old's uh, Max old's is going to be Max? three in July. So <sighs> July, July 7th, he turns three. So going through, uh, you know, it's, I was going to say going through like terrible twos with the kids, not terrible at all. He's been like a, a saint probably the biggest challenge right now as a dad is the thing that everybody told me, but even, and, and I'm sure you've experienced as the father, people tell you you're, and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you experience like, Holy shit. I can't believe all this. It's like, even though they told you, uh, the, once we got him into school, so we started him at two years old, we started him at a Montessori school and October of last year was around like, he was only like a month or two in at that point, October till now he has been sick so often that I can't remember the last time Katrina and I strung two weeks together of health of like completely healthy, no runny nose, no coughing, no throwing up, no anything. Uh, so, and I, and everybody tells you that, right. Oh, wait till you get them in school. It's going to be, you know, they're gonna get sick all the time. They're building their immune system. I totally understand. I get it, but boy, it's, it's, it's been a ride, you know, and I'd have to say so far, the fatherhood thing that has been the, the hardest thing is that, and it breaks my heart because my son is so good. He's such a good kid. He's so easy. And 
he's, he's needy and he's, you know, sad and he's, he doesn't sleep well and he can't breathe well when he's sick. And so that's mm-hmm. probably been, uh, one of the hardest things that I've had to deal with is that. And I wasn't as, even though people warned me, I wasn't prepared for, Oh my God, they weren't kidding. Like he's, <laughs> he's sick all the time now. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Their little bodies just, they they're battling viruses. Like constantly same thing happened with my kids we actually did montessori as well Mm. and uh now that they're in public school because they they both started public school this year and uh it's 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 a blessing though man you'll be thankful because they have friends who are in and out of school because they're sick because they never went to the early you know montessori kindergarten that kind of stuff and now they're getting exposed to other kids for the first time and it's it sucks my kids now rarely get sick okay that's cool rare yeah. It's just, it's occasional little sniffles and stuff, but rarely, cause they already established a lot of that immunity, man. So you'll, you'll be thankful for that. Uh, that's what I've been trying. That's what I've been trying to tell Katrina. So I, I'm hopeful for that. So that makes me feel good that you say that because I think that's why it's, it's weird for us because we're experiencing it early because we went to school so early, but then hopefully like what you're saying is when they get into kindergarten, first grade, second grade, my kid's hardly sick because he's already built that strong immune system. So that's, you know, I, I like you telling me that <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy though. I, I, you know, especially with my oldest, I'll, I'll never forget it. Honestly, I, we were paying for Montessori and it was like, why, why are we paying for this? He's never in school. Cause he's always sick. We drop him off and he comes home with something new. It, it was a nightmare for what seemed like a long stretch, but it, it will pass. And there'll, there'll be a lot of brighter days ahead for sure. Are you getting the urge though, to have more now or what? So we, we technically are trying right now. So we're trying for number two, although, so it's going to be interesting. So what'll be really interesting is how we handle when July kinds of rolls. So my deal was I didn't want to have too big of a gap between two. So I, I always wanted to Katrina wanted to, that's been, but we also waited till we were pretty late, right. In age. So she's already 41, right. She'll be 42 this year. I turned 41. Um, and we both agreed that, okay, we don't want to have kids really, really, I don't want to be the, like the, the grandpa looking dude at the high school graduation, right. With my Walker and shit. So, although I don't think it's going to happen, you won't be though. That's only 18. Right. <laughs> right. So, right. So, uh, yeah. So anyways, he, we, we made this deal that, okay, if she doesn't get pregnant by Max's third birthday, that we would just agree that, okay, we were meant to have one kid. That's the way it, it is supposed to be. So, um, yeah, we've technically been trying for the last, I don't know, six to eight months or whatever like that. And uh, she hasn't got pregnant yet. And, you know, July is going to be around the corner anytime soon. So it'll be interesting to see what that conversation looks like. I think I'm more hard about the, I want to be done at this time where she's a little more, I think, open and flexible. Maybe we can try mm. for a little bit longer and I don't know, we'll see how I feel when we get closer there. I really just, I feel like where max is at at two and a half going on three years old. It's, it's such a fun, great age right now. And, and you know, this, like the first year is a fucking twilight zone. <laughs> right. So I, yeah. I feel like we're, we're just getting into those, those fun years and to like kind of start over and have this huge discrepancy in age where, you know, they won't play that much with each other. Cause I, and I don't know, maybe you can share some wisdom on your, cause you're ahead of me on all this stuff is, you know, I feel like a, a three year, four-year gap. Once you start getting beyond four years, the the kids are so far apart that they almost end up being more like another parent to the child versus a sibling where they have more play and, and rivalry to, with each other. And so I don't need to raise another parent. I want two kids that play and enjoy with each other. So 
that's kind of where I've always been like, you know, that three, cause that if we, if we get pregnant at three, he, she's really not going to have them until almost four. So sure. it, we're already pushing that kind of four year gap. Like I don't know too many kids that have a five year gap with their siblings and they have that real close sibling. So I, I, there's four of us, right. With in my family, I'm the oldest, my sister and I are one year apart and we're like thick as thieves talk to her almost every day. She works in the company. Like love, I mean, I love all my siblings, but her and I are really tight. My other two siblings were uh, 12 and 13 years apart. And so I'm like another, just another parent to them, you know, and they view me like that. Like they're used to me being that figure in their life. Now I know that's a little bit more extreme when I was talking about four years, that's like 10, 12 years. Sure. But, but I imagine that that's kind of how the spectrum is, right? That as you get further out, the less you're likely to probably play and have this kind of tight sibling bond. And the further you get out, the more likely you probably are to have more of a almost second parent type of relationship with your siblings. I would tend to agree with you on that, man. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm the oldest of six. Right. And what I, I think there's, there's phases though, that you go through. I think you know, like I have a brother who I'm really close with. He's uh, almost 10 years younger than me, but we didn't become really tight until probably the last like six to eight years, because I was always in a parental role for him. Right. You know, growing up, we were too much apart to do things together. I mean, it was always, you know, me being basically the third parent. And then all of a sudden when he hit, you know, about 18, 19, 20, we started to have similar interests and his maturity was, was now starting to catch up with mine a little bit. Right. So we were able to talk more as peers and brothers. And so we're like best friends now. Yeah. I think you're, you're probably spot on with that. I, I, I would look at it though, as there's a, there's a positive spin either way. Right. Another sibling who has an elder brother who can be a protector, who can be an, a, a positive influence and kind of like the person who lays the, the groundwork ahead of them. That can be huge. I know like when my sisters who were actually my brother, who's five years younger than me, when he went to high school, a lot of the teachers knew me. So they were like, Oh, you're Josiah's brother. Oh yeah, this is cool. Like you're Josiah was one of my, you know, best students or whatever. So it was like, he had a little bit of a reputation that preceded him. Yeah. Assuming Max is obviously a stud, which I'm sure he will be (laughs) probably be, probably be a beast in all facets, but yeah, my kids are 18 months apart right? They're going to be eight and seven or eight and six this year. My youngest is turning six in a month and they're like twins, yeah. right? Like literally wear the same clothes now. Like they play on the same sports teams. It's heaven for me, right? Like yeah. I'm literally living the dream as a dad, but I can see we are thinking about a third. I'm like, oh, so wow. there will be a the pretty big gap, right? In between the next one and, and Cameron, who's my youngest. And it's going to be a totally different scenario. And I thought about that, like, wow, that kid's going to basically be on their own for lack of better you know, terms. Like it's just how it's going to be. They're not going to have that close rivalry and, and interaction that these two have. So yeah. it's interesting, man. I, I say, go for it though, dude. You're, you're a good dude. You have strong morals, you know, common sense and a killer outlook on life. So more kids is never a bad thing. You're just adding more good people to the world, which we need more of. No, I like that. appreciate that. Thank you. So what's up with my pump, man? I feel like, like we said earlier, like I haven't connected with you guys in so long. I try to set aside time to interact, even if it's from a distance and just check out what you guys have going on. What's changed over the past? Cause I mean, 2020 happened and I feel like a lot of people's business models had this shift. You know, I don't know if ours did as much, 
Like, yeah, I mean, Jesus brothers. I mean, you know me, first of all, I'm an open book. So anything you want to know, I'll, I'll share with you in regards to the business. But I mean, there's a ton of stuff that's going on. I mean, we've, we've staffed up quite a bit. We just went through right now, a complete remodel in the studio right now. Had we even started uh mind pump investments the last time that we were, I don't think so. I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think I mean, that's do. a whole nother business. So we have three companies, you have maps, fitness products, you have mind pump media and you have mind pump investments. Maps Fitness Products is obviously all the programs that we sell. Mind Pump Media is all sponsorship, advertising, employees, stuff like that that we do. Uh, Mind Pump Store, all that stuff, and then Mind Pump Investments, which is all you know, stock, real estate, real estate deals, uh, and now angel investing. So mm. we started that. I want to say three years ago when we did the first property, uh, Truckee, and. We're in contract right now for the 15th one that we've done. So we've done 15 properties all over the United States. So we're in, I think, what, five or six states. We got everything from Michigan, Oklahoma, Idaho, Ohio, Texas, Nevada, Utah. So we're all over the place. Most of them are long-term rentals, although we are now moving into the short-term rental space. That's our Utah one that's being built right now. So looking to build out these high-end type of short-term rentals. So we go to a, a place like Park City, for example. It's a 2,700 square foot, really nice brand new home, all high-end stuff that's in it. We're going to have it completely outfitted with the cold plunge, sauna, steam room, jacuzzi, movie theater, juve lights, Uller beds, like the works, right? So we're going to integrate all of our partners that we've built relationships with over the last you know six years into these to make it like this whole experience of going there. And obviously we're going to go to destinations like park city, the Tahoe's, the places that Hawaii's the places that people really want to go. And this is the first one that we're building out. And so this will be really interesting. I hope that it takes its own legs and becomes another whole nother revenue stream and different business model. So we did that. Uh, We flipped a couple of properties in Utah, two of them this last year. And then just in the last year it's been even less than a year probably 10 months we we started getting into angel investing so there's now six companies that we are angel investors in and we look for companies that we are already aligning with to do partnership deals for sponsorship so we work out a deal where we do you know 50% not always this but 50% cash 50% trading commercials and then now we have shares in the company so we've now done that with six different companies that we have vested interest in and we did stock a little bit the year before this last year, we kind of stayed out of that. So we, we got that whole side that we're doing that. We partnered up with, um, hormone therapy. So we mm. found Dr. Rand and Dr. Todd, who we thought were some of the best, uh, hormone specialists that are out there. Obviously you and I have talked about this before. We saw the writing on the wall where it was going that, you know, I really think that these hormone clinics are what like marijuana clinics were just 10 years ago. And that it's still kind of gray. It's still kind of taboo. A lot of people don't know everything about it. And so uh, really we were all interested in, in being early adopters of that. So we partnered with a company that we have a great deal with. They provide incredible service to our community. So it's a free forum, mind pump hormones. You know, people can go on there. The doctors go on there twice a month, answer live questions. They're in there every single day answering the community. So it's an incredible free resource that we now provide uh, for our community. We're building right now, we're building a wellness one where we are partnered with Dr. Cabral 
and his team. And they're going to basically do these. We worked at the same type of deal where they will come in, except for he's going to be bi-weekly. He'll see you to come in there and answer live questions. And then daily, his team will be in there answering questions. Again, another free forum where he's going to answer everything's from gut health to blood work, how to read panels, all that stuff. And we slowed down the real estate thing, even though we're in, in contract with a new one right now, but we had slowed that down and really started to reinvest back in the business. You know, for the most part, we had really grown organically. We've done a good job since day one of being kind of on a shoestring budget. We don't blow a lot of our own money. We even held back from paying ourselves a lot of money and really kept investing it and putting it other places. This year, we all kind of said, okay, we've got ourselves, you know, we got everything set for our families. We got everything set for long-term investing, even if this thing were to implode. Okay. Now let's start taking revenue and putting it back into the business. And so, you know, we've hired three editors on that side. Just recently, we've brought uh, more teams, more people on the team to support our customer service side, production side. So yeah, we've definitely been kind of focusing on that area and really trying to bring up the the content on the show. Like uh, I, we see the opportunity for podcasting on YouTube now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's becoming a popular place that the younger generation actually, I, we, and here, let me tell you that one of the things I always like to share the stuff that we, we fucked up or we didn't do right. Right. Like mm-hmm. we, for the longest time thought, recording ourselves on the podcast. That's stupid. Who wants to watch guys talking on a podcast? Like you listen to a podcast. Well, I was wrong, you know, so we are all wrong on that. There's a a huge audience of people that uh, would love to see the show. And so we noticed that as soon as we started um, publishing it on YouTube and started that whole second YouTube channel, and that started to rapidly grow. And so we really started to put a bunch of time. I mean, next time you come up here, you have to see this place is I mean, I'm looking at probably a hundred lights above my head. It looks like a, a set at Hollywood, you know, with all the different colors and things that it can do. Like none of them are on right now, but when we get on the show, it does all kinds of cool stuff. And so this was, Doug couldn't wait to spend a bunch of money on lights. You know, <laughs> he'd been chopping at the bit for like the last two years. As soon as we gave him the green light, he's like, I know a guy, here we go. So he got his list ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. He was ready to go. So, and I, I gotta say that now that I've seen the finished product, in fact, tonight, so in, in three hours, the, the first episode of what the pretty much final, although we have some small things happening, the final kind of product of what it will look what the show will look like. You'll see tonight on the YouTube channel, get an idea of like what we've done as far as bringing up the, the look of the, the podcast. And we just think that it's moving in that direction. When we started to really push on YouTube, it's become, a, it's like a total different business. Mm. So I, I mean, the YouTube channel, the podcast I'm talking about, I don't even talk, I'm concerned about the mind pump TV, which has like 600,000 subscribers. The one that has a quarter million subscribers, the podcast, the show that's adding anywhere between 500 to 700 new subscribers every day. And that is now generating probably it's hard to get like really specific because even as sophisticated a software we have, it's hard to know where someone first found us. Like, did they get read a blog first or whatever? Yeah. But I, I would say it's, it's contributing close to 50% of the maps fitness product revenue from mm-hmm. that YouTube channel. So it's rivaling the podcast already in, in wow. size. Yeah. Already. And it's, it. yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, and you know, they're different people. There is a group of people, a percentage, you know, of people that l- just watched on YouTube. And there's a percentage of people that only consume content on the podcast. And it was a bit naive of us to think that that wasn't like that, that we would just kind of focus in this one area. And so looking back now, I go, damn, we should have 
really put energy towards the video aspect of the podcast earlier on. Although, you know, I'm a believer of everything happens for a reason. I don't know if we were ready yet. Like, I think that we've come a long way, the way we communicate on the podcast. I don't think we were good enough, say three, four years ago. And I think YouTube is really, you know, the podcast, if if we sound terrible on the podcast and we offend you or we're not your cup of tea, I don't have to deal with any of your comments. You, there's no, there's no, there's no running thread of like people that just listen to your podcast episode. And they're like, Oh, this guy, Adam is an idiot. Like there's nowhere for you to keyboard warrior me. Right. But on the, on the, a lot YouTube, of that on YouTube, the, on the YouTube channel, there's a lot of that, you know, a lot of chirping but, going on. There's a lot of that going on. So I'm not going to lie. I was a, a bit nervous to put the content out there because I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be in the mood to, open up YouTube every day and be told how stupid I am or how much they don't like this or that. And we weren't, we've been well-received. I've been blown away by, I still pinch myself and go like, is this really YouTube? Because I cannot believe we don't have more negative comments because if I look back to our original channel, mind pump TV and look at all the comments on there, boy, they were vicious when we first started. Mm. I mean, that's that's more negative stuff than positive stuff where that's not happening. We're getting great uh, response from the community and people really enjoying the show. And so, you know, even though I say we should have started it earlier, you know, it was probably meant to be, we needed to refine our skills a little bit more maybe. So we didn't get all that hate. And I think that's part of why it's, it's doing well. Yeah. It makes sense. I was going to, I would think, you know, video wise, it just builds a stronger connection, right? I mean, sure. people, you know, people learn differently. Some people are visual learners and when they're listening or try to digest something, they're not digesting it as effectively as they would if they could actually visually watch you talk about it. Right. So you have a huge part of the learning experience. And I mean, think about like all the major junk TV shows out there where people just sit there and ramble on about God knows what stupid stuff, you know, people will tune into a lot of things. And when it's high quality, Oh man, it's going to explode. Right. Especially you have a huge audience for it. I mean, I think the timing couldn't probably be better because of all the the migration that took place in 2020 from people going, Oh, I need to get into the online fitness space. People's health is in jeopardy. Everyone's worried about health, 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 like fitness exploded. So you guys refining your skills and then saying, Hey, now let's take this to YouTube and start to build our platform there with it. You know, I mean, that's massive, man. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. That's yeah, huge. So has the mission changed at all? I mean, cause I, you guys have so much going on. I mean, when, when I discovered you guys, it was like a breath of fresh air, you know? Oh, this is, this is, these are finally guys who are, Oh, it was almost like by myself or people who were solo had this, you know, some of the ideas like, yeah, we got to stand for truth in this. We got to have, you know, stop the nonsense, stop the V shred crap, you know, like let's, let's get after it with the real stuff that actually works. You guys were, you know, a a threesome coming together saying, Hey, like we're all are on the same, the same page. We all have experience and credibility. And it was like, yeah, these are the guys we want to want to go to war with. Has that mission changed at all? Or has it gotten even more important? Um, so it's a good question because I don't think the mission has changed, but I do think that we've changed the way we deliver certain things. And why that is, is because there became a point where, so when we first started, we kind of had like the gloves off. And I didn't care if you were a doctor or you were a big Instagram person, didn't matter who you were. Everybody was fair game. If you're promoting bullshit or giving bad information, we were coming after everybody and we were going to, we were going to dispel it. And we were going to, you know, 
intelligently unpack your BS, right? But as we grew, it started to actually look as if we were bullies. So we had to be really careful on on how we deliver that. But the same mission is there, right? Is to inform and educate people with good, valuable, practical information that they can apply to better their lives and help people, you know, disseminate what's good information, what's bad information out there. But the way we went about it is, is much different today than it was back then. And back then we had less pressure if we offended somebody or we, we, we never looked like we were bullies because we were always punching up. We were always picking on the, the, the big famous person and came a point when, oh shit, we're the big guys now. And it took a minute, I think, for all of us to kind of that register because none of us, we, we don't feel any different today than we did five, six years ago. I mean, sure, we're, we've all grown a little bit and a little bit wiser and older or whatever. But I mean, for the most part, our, our mission is all the same. And so we didn't feel that different, but the size of the audience that was paying attention to us now had grown so significantly that I couldn't just point out some big Instagrammer who's doing something wrong because again, we, we were the big kids in the block now. So I think that's, and we, and sometimes if you're an OG who listens to us, uh, sometimes I'll get that feedback of, Oh man, you guys have changed. You guys used to roast this or do that. And it's like, yeah, you're right. We have like, we've had to kind of evolve because we never once did we want to become bullies. Like I, that was never our, our intentions weren't to, try and, you know, hurt people or crush their business. Or, I mean, it really was to try and get some attention around us so we can educate and inform and help people. And we've already got plenty of that. We've already got plenty of attention and and people listening to us that I really feel like it. And and I know this, it sound is going to come off a bit arrogant, uh, but we we've become the authority in our space. I really believe in the health and fitness podcasting, social media space. A lot of times come people come to us to ask, Hey, is this the real deal? Or should I, should I listen to this guy or, and like, we get, we get that type of credibility now. And because of that, I think there's a higher responsibility that we have on how we communicate certain information. And so that part's changed, right? So mission is the same thing. I think we're, we're still heading the the same direction, but how we go about it, I think we're, we're much more careful on how we do that because it was never our intention to, I I don't want to destroy someone's business. Even if they're selling bullshit, I'm not out there. I'm not trying to hurt nobody. You know, I just, I just, I want to help the people that are unaware, uninformed so that we had, we had to change that a little bit. So we weren't just punking people. Cause we, I know we, we got to a place where we, we could like shut somebody's business down. I mean, somebody who has worked real hard to build a little social media following has got, you know, 10, 15,000 people following them. They got a nice little livelihood for themselves. And if they were promoting garbage or BS, I mean, we come in and say it's, it's garbage and BS and like their thing would, and it's like, Whoa, Okay. Uh, the desired outcome was not just to hurt, to hurt people or hurt families or hurt someone's livelihood. It's, it's more to help the other people who are unaware. Mm. And so we've just kind of, I think we've tweaked that a little bit. And if you were somebody who was tuning in early on and then you've kind of checked back in, you, you know, cause everybody thinks you've changed. Oh, you've changed. You know, <laughs> like when you find a band, right. When you find a band yeah. first, right. When you're the first guy to like find this, like, you know, garage band that nobody knows about and they're fucking awesome. And you're like sharing with, Oh, they're so sick. You know, check this out. And you're talking all about them. They're so amazing. And then they get a record deal. Right. And then everybody hates them. Oh, you fucking sell out. Oh, you sell out. It's like, <laughs> dude, come on, give these guys a break. They're huge now. Right. And so they have, so there's some things like that. Like I even think the way 
we're more cautious on the show of, of how we say things too. Like I know that the audience is so broad. And at first we were really resistant to that. It was like, ah, if you don't want to listen to us, fuck you. That was kind of the attitude. It was like, well, you know, there's a lot of moms that love to listen to our content, but then they're also driving their three-year-old to school in the morning. They're like, so I can't, I have to turn it off. I have to wait, you know, hide in the corner. Like, so it's like, okay, uh, th- does that mean I'm never going to cuss again? No, of course. That's part of I, that's I, I, I swear. Absolutely. But I can, I can be more careful. I can choose, uh, I can choose when and where to do it when it's more appropriate. And I think, so we've done a lot of little things like that, I think to, to try and evolve as communicators. And that's the thing that I think has changed. I don't think our mission has, I think that's, that's stayed true since the beginning. That's really interesting. I, I think it's perception is reality. You know, people, when you first came on the scene, you were the new kid on the block. You had to fight for the space a little bit. You had to say, Hey, now we're going to take a stand. You know, we're going to create totally. some, some noise, which you did wonderfully. It was, you know, basically the to perfection. You guys climbed the ranks pretty quick, but then, yeah, you're right. Like now with the audience that you have, people could be like, Oh, these people are just tearing these yeah. dudes apart. Like, what's your problem? You guys are so big. You're like number one on iTunes. What's your problem, man? You're picking on the guy. <laughs> like I totally get it. I don't think it's so much a cultural thing. I think it's just general perception, right? People who look at people with admiration, who have this tremendous success and authority, you got to use it widely. Great power comes great responsibility. The Spider-Man quote, right? That's, oh, that's exactly totally. It. I mean, everybody loves to see an underdog win, but then when you become the favorite, you got to be careful <laughs> because Live long enough to become the villain or whatever the Batman quote is. We're <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally turning into a, a dad, dad jokes over here, but like, <laughs> that's exactly it though. That's what they mean. You know, you, you're the underdog story only lasts for so long, especially if you keep winning. <laughs> they're like, wait a second. These people are not the underdog anymore. And they're continuing to pick on people. Yeah. It makes total sense, man. That's super interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been, it's been, I mean, there's been a lot of little things like that. I mean, you haven't, I haven't had somebody asking me questions like this. That's made me think back to how things have evolved and changed. But uh, I think a lot of stuff is uh, obviously evolved and changed. And that's an area where if you were an OG listener and you listen now, what are the things that you would say is different? Uh, you know, the people that are negative about it would be like, Oh, they're different. They don't do this. They don't do that. Well, I, the positive to that is that, yeah, we have, um, we're careful. We're, you know, we don't just every back in the day, someone would send me a DM about somebody and I'd like, okay, that there's content right there. I'm going to go talk about this person on the thing where now I, I pass on that a lot of time. It's like, yeah, you, I mean, this, this person has, you know, a hundred thousand followers on Instagram, but that's it. They're not, they're not, right. making, they're not making big waves. They're not, they're not moving a ton of people in the wrong direction. Like, I mean, I, I could highlight them, but I'm probably going to bring just more attention to them, which is not the idea. Right. So I'm not going to even take the time to, you know, hammer this person over something like this. That's just not worth it. So, you know, we, we do that a lot now where we pay attention to stuff like that. And we go, eh, there's a lot of times right before the podcast, someone will bring something up. I'm like, yeah, do you guys even want to go there? Nah, I don't want to go there. It's not, it's not worth it. You know, it's not worth our time and it's not, I, I'm, we're not trying to be that guy, you know, I'm not trying to be a bully over it. So. Yeah. It's just, it's interesting being in media, especially online now, because there's just that, that huge shift towards cancel culture, right. Where I, I do feel like there is a lot of people out there looking for an opportunity to, you know, bring you to light in a negative way. Like, Oh, these people said this, or they stand for this. Have you guys run into any of that? I mean, Oh, yeah. I I mean, know, did you like know the Nelf boys? What'd you say? Sal's canceled. You didn't know? Oh, no, I didn't even know that. Are you serious? Sal, Sal is on Instagram. Sal no way. I had yeah. no. Yeah, Sal's, Sal's been canceled for two months now, Doug, two, like that. close to two months now. 
got canceled on Instagram. Yeah. He tried to get a lawyer to, to help him out, to get it back and everything like that. And you know, we were, we were fighting for it for a minute and then just whatever. So what? yeah. Yeah. What, over what? If you don't mind it's me asking, probably his memes and his political stance on stuff, you know? So <laughs> he just, I mean, again, he, he got, oh, so he's, he's got enough attention and eyes on him that, uh, and he, he was start obviously during this last two years, it's been so polarizing and so political. Sure. Uh, that, you know, he wasn't holding back. He was, he was sharing his, his opinions and views. And, you know, it's interesting right now that if your opinions and views don't align with this, this loud minority right now that, um, you get these, these people that will, and what I think happens, this is my, I'm totally speculating right here, but what I think really happens is you, you get enough of these loud minorities that get together in groups and if enough people report anything, it doesn't even have to be offensive, but enough people report on it. The algorithm just picks it up. It's not like the, I think some people think like there's this, this angry woke kid sitting behind a desk. Who's just like, yeah, I'm canceling South. So not only is how it works. I think all it takes is somebody who has an influence of 10, 20, maybe 30 of these other kids that are, you know, woke and want to come over and cancel somebody for not aligning with their political views. And that all they have to do is get them all on board with reporting him multiple yep. times. And I think that's what happens. And I think that the algorithm just, you know, Oh man, if this many people are reporting this person, he must be posting something that's, you know, harmful to our, our, our audience, or our network. So they just, they just cancel. So yeah, he's been canceled for like two months off of Instagram. So that's man. Yeah. Yeah. And he had the biggest Instagram out of all of us. So, Oh yeah. His, I, I, I'm not on Instagram. I'm on a social period as much as I used to be, but yeah, his account was always one that I, I looked at because I, he and me and Sal align pretty much everything. That's crazy. I had a similar experience with Twitter. I am not canceled on Twitter, but my account got shut down for about a week. At one point, they let me back in. But what's crazy is that my engagement and my growth is basically non-existent now. Like right. they literally won't show my stuff to anybody. Like just because I don't agree with whoever, you know, whatever the opinions are of the people and, you know, side the Twitter offices, I guess. But, you know, I, I think what it probably comes down to is they start dinging your account when you're getting probably a huge uptick in reporting, right? People saying, oh, I don't, I don't agree or reporting for abusive content or whatever. Or I don't even know what the terms are anymore, but, and then I'm sure they have like a, a strike method where it's like, okay, finally he's gotten this much. And then it's tiered where, okay, if it gets to this point, just no questions asked. It just cuts you. It's gone. Like, yeah, we've all been, so we're, we've all been shadow banned now. So at, at any period of time, uh, if you were to get on and literally type in, it used to be, if you type M mind pump, mind pump, Adam, mind pump, Justin, mind pump, so that all of us would just pop right up. And yep. now you, you can type my, my full name in and not be able to find me. So, but it go it goes back and forth. So it'll be like that for a couple of weeks. People will be DMing me. Oh my God, I couldn't find you. You're shadow banned. And then all of a sudden they're oh, okay. I can find you. You must not be shadow banned again. So I definitely think there's something going on there. Now, luckily for us, and I guess the attitude that we had was we set a goal a year ago that in two years that we would all disappear off of social anyways. So, you know, we were, when we were building this, we were always building it with the intent. Like, I, I don't want to have to do this into my fifties and sixties. Like I, I it, and even if I do do it, I definitely want to be in a position that I have the option that I can just bounce out of it. Like, I don't want to be married to my Instagram. I remember when, uh, we were hanging out and talking to Lane Norton, when he got canceled, somebody, you know, stole his account. And like, I mean, he was like freaking out because everything 
that he has built is yeah. through, through his Instagram. And I've seen that enough times now. I saw, I remember when the first time I met Bradley Martin and, uh, they changed the YouTube algorithm. One of the first times they, they switched the algorithm up and he's like, I lost $40,000 in a day, you know, just because they changed the algorithm. And I thought, Oh my God, like, I do not want to be in this situation where, you know, I, I'm at the mercy of one of these platforms. So, yeah. So we've always kept that in the back of our mind. The intent was always to kind of move off of social eventually. So Sal kind of looked at it like, he's not like really trying that hard to get back. He's just like, Oh, looks like they canceled me. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's why it's so important to, uh, to prepare for that because yeah, you're building your business on someone else's real estate. You know I mean? If you're, if you're expecting that algorithm to bend to you, that's never going to happen. It, honestly, there's probably only, I mean, there's probably no account out there that's so big that the algorithm or whoever would, would bend unless of course that, that account is abiding or maybe in bed with that platform. But even then, like the biggest platforms on there have brands that are completely separate from that, those platforms. They're basically just on there because they, they have a, you know, such a huge following that it's like, yeah, why not? Right. Like I think Cristiano Ronaldo has the most followers on Instagram or something. And you know, he doesn't need Instagram. Are you kidding me? Like (laughs) that guy doesn't need anybody. So I think, yeah, becoming as independent as you possibly can, even just making sure your damn email list is dialed in. So you have some kind of ground to stand on if that ever gets pulled out from underneath you is so important, man. Totally. Totally. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. I, I didn't realize that. I, yeah. The cancel culture, man. Wow. Yeah. That, that kind of th- makes me think about the children uh, topic again with my kids, you know, it's like, yeah, they're going to grow up in such a, and I hope, it, I hope with anything, the pendulum swings back, you know, I, I hope that I'm, I'm probably in the middle of all this nonsense. I don't really you know go too hard on one side. I feel like I'm really hard on one side now because of just what's happening. But, you know, I just, I, I pray for our kids and I hope that, uh, things can come back to a middle ground where, you know, there's common sense, right. And freedom of speech, but you know, maybe, maybe, maybe a little more, you know, policing around some things that are truly harmful, like porn or something. I, I don't know, but like, it's just where we are now. It's just, man, you got to walk on eggshells, man. Like it's insane. Yeah. I think, I think of the three of us, I'm, I'm the most optimistic about it. Uh, in fact, your pendulum analogy is what I use on the show all the time. I say that, I mean, this is just part of it. I think that, you know, if you just, if you were to look back 15, 20 years ago with sexism, racism, um, bullying, all these things, we were so far extreme on one side, um, that it needed to be fixed or we needed to have some attention brought to it. Uh, and then naturally what happened was we overcorrected and now we've swung to the other side, to the other extreme. I want to believe, and I think we are, we are that far. We're so far left now that the pendulum is going to come back. I think we're going to see that. I think we're going to see that in the, the elections coming up. I think the, yeah. the red wave, everybody's talking about of the conservative side. I think you're going to see that. And I think that's very, that's very a natural ebb and flow. And I think any time that it gets to the ends on either side, whether that be left or right, uh, there's this, this crazy outrage or fear of, Oh my God, what are my kids going to be like? And this is going to be not like, and at the end of the day, I think, if you're a good father, like you're, you're, you're going to be fine. If you're, you're a present father, like you are, you're aware of this stuff. You're concerned about these things. You're, you're educating and you're teaching your children. Now, if you just threw your kids out in the world and said, let school teach them only, or let the news and social media teach them, then yeah, I'd be worried for you because they don't have, because you don't, if you didn't have a, a role model or a parent figure in your life, then yeah, who knows what kind of kid turns out if, if social media is raising them. But for all of us that are active parents that are, 
concern, that care, that are are teaching um, our kids, they're going to be okay. And I think that they're going through uh, an extreme time right now. And I think that, you know, and what will probably happen, the red wave will come. We'll probably overcorrect and go to the right uh, too far. And yeah. that, I think I just, I, 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 that's just how I feel like it always pans out. And when you're in it, it always feels the most extreme. Like if, I know there's somebody who's listening right now. is just like, Oh my God, but this has never happened in history. And they they have all these, they have all these stats to list <laughs> off of like how crazy it is this time. And it's like, dude, that's every time every, and it's not that those specific things. There's always something you can point out that is so alarming. And I think that's just what happens when, uh, we, we live in a democracy like that. And that's the good part of a democracy is this ability to kind of go back and forth. So I, I, I'm optimistic about it. I think that we, but I've been equally frustrated though, too. So it's not like I don't, I totally understand those that have been outraged for the last year or two, because it's been really frustrating. I mean, dude, I am a fucking super diehard warrior fan. You know, this, and I go every year I go to tons of games. I didn't go to a single game, dude, because I didn't get vaccinated. So you know, and, and, and now that's gone, right? You, you can go now. Yeah. Yeah. And now I'm going, but your ass, I'll be there in the playoffs now. Right. Well, the pendulum but, is starting to swing back a little bit. Right. And so it is, it is coming back, but I mean, so I I've been just as frustrated and the way I, the way I look at it is okay. Well, you don't get my money. If you're going to be a service or a place that, um, you are going to enforce these, these type of, uh, laws and rules, then, uh, I'm not, I'm not for it. My best way of voting is with my dollar. So I'm not going to spend money and go there. You change the rules and laws in the direction of things that I think are more fair, uh, or the, what I like, well then I'll spend money that way. So that's kind of how I look at it. And I definitely have been through it the last couple of years with everybody. And I, I understand, but I'm optimistic. I think that, I think overall we're all pretty good humans. And I think even, and, and I, what's got me to think like this too, is I, I have a lot of friends that are completely different political views than I am. And I, and I know them really well. We go all the way back to childhood and stuff. And what I know about them is deep in their core, they're, they're good people. Like, and they just think their way of, of going about it. They think of it different than I do. We just have different views and approaches to how to build a society. Or, or how to have a, a successful, healthy, good society. But at the end of the day, the one thing that, that I think that were people would, would calm down a little bit if they realized that even that other side who totally disagrees with a lot of things that you agree with, they ultimately, they also want what's best. They just yeah. disagree with how to go about it. And, and I think that the, the loudest voices get the most heard right now with social media. And so we hear these like alarmist, post or things. And you're like, Oh my God. And it's like outrageous, whether it be left or right, right. Outrageous, sure. right. Outrageous left. And you're like, Holy shit, this is so crazy. But then if you step away and just think for a second, wait a second, first of all, not even a majority of the world has Twitter. Not even the majority of the world has Instagram. Okay. That's it's already less than the, the, the majority have this platform. And then of the people that are posting every day, crazy and putting alarmist shit out there, like, do they really represent most people? I don't think so. And I also think that's what has happened, you know, not to get too political or anything, like but that's what I think has happened to this current administration is they have responded to the minority, the extreme minority so much that they're going to get their asses kicked in the next election because yeah. they made a mistake of thinking that some of these dumbass rules and ideas that they attached themselves to was the majority. And it's not the majority. Most of us are going like, no, this is crazy. All of us wanted to be safe. All of us didn't want to hurt others. Like that. I think that the, at the root, how, most of us had different ideas on how to do that. That's fair. That's fine. 
but not, most people don't want some of this extreme stuff that has came out in the last year or two. And I think they're gonna get their asses clean for it because of it, because they attach themselves to this loud minority. And I think for all thus, th those of us that are not into politics and are just everyday people that feel like they've been influenced by it, you just got to take a step away sometimes and remember that is that, you know, right now, uh, never once in history have we had this ability to be so loud, you mm -hmm. know, it's like, with social media and everybody being attached to one of these platforms, like it's, I mean, look how quick, I mean, how crazy was this? We were all one day, everybody, every news outlet, every social media platform, every conversation was being held about Ukraine and war and like, Oh my God, are we going to go to war right now? What's happening? And then the next day, Will Smith slaps fucking Chris rock. And then that right. is the only, that is the next, that's the conversation for the next five days consistently yep. all over everywhere. Like that's how, like never has, has news been able to turn on a dime like that and just move that many millions of people at one time from one topic to the X topic. And so you just gotta be careful to not to be, to know that we're being manipulated in these directions for other people's benefits and to not allow it to affect us too much. So I, I just think that there's going to be a lot of conversation around detaching from, from, your phone and the media and stuff like that in the future, I think it's going to be paramount in your, you know, your mental health. If you do not learn to shut down for a while and get away, just like, you know, you said earlier that how you gotten off of social, I just think that's going to be, I think that's going to be the message, dude. I really think that the next five to 10 years, our space is going to be communicating digital wellness uh, mm -hmm. more than anything else, because I see it as uh, aside from, you know, processed foods and overconsumption. So with that, as far as like one of the things that's killing health, like that has to do with obesity, this is mental health. And I think that we obviously have seen all the, the studies on where that's heading. And I think the number one way to mitigate that would be to, to have some digital wellness and practices put in place to separate yourself from all that garbage. Dude. Yeah. I think we talked about this back in whenever I was out there, I had said, I think there'll be places you can go to detach from social, right? Because it will become a need as this pendulum once again swings back and people are like, holy crap, I'm literally on my phone 10 hours a day. <laughs> this isn't doing me any good. And I'm comparing myself to literally everyone and comparing my, you know, behind the scenes to their highlight reels. My brain can't handle this. And it's not meant to handle this. Like, let's just be honest. I think that's a big problem too. I don't think we're built to handle Number one, having a platform, right? All of us have a platform now, everyone. And being able to handle seeing other people's platform and what they stand for constantly, throwing your face over every issue. And the loudest people in the room tend to become the most you know, published. And then all of a sudden we think the world's ending. I think there's probably four groups of people, right? There's, you know, instead of two sides, there's the two groups that, yeah, we disagree on some things, right? Like I have best friends. I, I just spent a whole week with, a family that we, we have different political views, but we're best friends. Like our kids, like they play together, like their brothers and sisters, right? Like they love each other and they're amazing people. They just disagree on political issues. Cool. We can get past that. We're best friends. Right. But then there's the two extremist groups, right? So it's like those two come in and they disrupt everything. They make us seem like we're nuts, even though I'm like, dude, I personally, I, you know, like not to get political once again, but I don't think Trump, like somehow lost the election because of fake votes. I could be wrong. Right. I, I think it was just a lot of people hated Trump, yeah. you know, like, okay, cool. Like it was just an extreme amount of people voting because they were stuck in their house for so long. They come out and they vote like crazy. Now I could be totally wrong. I don't really care. He lost period. doesn't matter. We're, we're past it. Nothing we can do. Yeah. 
But all these people who are like, no, the day's going to come. Trump's going to come out of the, the sky and save the world or, you know, QAnon or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you guys are nuts. Like you're focusing on things that are probably one in a billion chance of happening. Yeah. Instead, let's focus on people maybe who have common sense who could come in and run next time, right? That we could get behind. That would be great. Yeah. But it just clouds everyone's thought process. And it makes, you know, even the you know liberals that I'm friends with, they're cool people. Like we hang out with them all the time. They're awesome. Like, yeah, they, maybe some got the vaccine. I know some who didn't, right, right. but you know, and some stood for things, whatever. So it's like, yeah, we gotta, we gotta step back and realize that social media, media in general has just created this like absolute shit show of everyone screaming and trying to be the loudest one in the room. And you're right. The current administration has for the most part, and there's some things they've done that maybe has been okay, but like they, they for the most part have just sided with the extremists and just to appease. I don't know what, maybe, maybe it's to get clicks for all I know. I have no idea. Right. Like we, yeah. we don't know. It's all a game of attention. Yeah. I think they, I think they're just as guilty as a lot of people are, which is listening too much to the loud minority. I think you, sometimes that loud minority seems like it's bigger than what it really is. So, and I don't think that political parties are, um, you know, any less, uh, susceptible to that. I think that they get, uh, sucked, sucked into the same exact thing. Oh, so, yeah. But I, again, I'm, I'm optimistic. I believe that it'll swing, swing one way and then back. So, I mean, I think that we'll, I think that what we're seeing with Biden is, you know, uh, Trump is what gave us Biden, you know, Obama is what gave us Trump. I mean, that's just, if you go back, it's like, it's always, yep. you know, this back and forth. So we'll see, we'll see what happens next, man. Yeah. I mean, it's, once again, it's, it's worrying about what's in your control. You know I mean? There's my, I'll vote, but you know, I don't sit here and like, you know, study up on campaigning and, you know, like, you know, I, I just say, I'm going to focus on what I can do in my home and protecting the assets we have here. And that's really it, man. What do you, what are you most excited about this year? What's, what's like number one. <sighs> so, I mean, it depends on what we're talking about. If we're talking about business stuff, I'm really, really excited about um, the things that we have invested back into the business. As far as like the people, like this is the most people we've ever hired at one time. This is the most like partnership deals that we have going on, like other investments that we have, like we have so many things that are kind of, and here's the thing that I am very well aware of is that uh, there's a good chance that probably 60% of it's not going to work out the way I want it to work out. You know, that um, I've got too many irons in the fire and there's no doubt that they're not all going to be successful and crush. Although I'm going to approach them all with the attitude that they will statistically speaking, some of those are going to fail and stuff, but never once have, I think we put this much energy and intention around the actual business. It's uh, this whole time. I think we've been trying to just organically grow and, you know, be smart, put our money away, invest it kind of thing like that. And now that I think that we've built some security or, around the business, I think we feel pretty confident that uh, we're here to stay. Uh, I think we're getting a little more aggressive with how we really push the show and invest back in the business. So I'm really excited just to see how this year unfolds. I mean, it has, we're off to, um, you know, record breaking quarters and, you know, off to see obviously should be our biggest year ever. So I'm really excited to see how that unfolds. You know, the things that I told you with the real estate stuff, I can't wait to see. I, so that's been a passion of mine well before mind pump. So selfishly, mm -hmm. I have a little more like, like if you were to talk to Sal and Justin and Doug, maybe they have different things. 
but I, at one point I was going to leave to be a, uh, a mortgage originator and I was going to do, you know, do loans. Right. So there was a point when I wanted to, so I, I read like rich dad, poor dad and real estate riches and, uh, you know, real estate for dummies, all that stuff. When I was like in my early twenties, cause I was going to leave to go do that. Never did. Um, stayed in, stayed in fitness. Glad I did stayed in fitness, but I've always had this you know, itch to really get into that, that space. And just, I love it. I, like what I listen to bigger pockets when anything people ask me about podcasts all the time, they're always asking me thinking I'm gonna have like these fitness things to tell them. I'm like, <laughs> uh, I listen to bigger pockets and the all in podcast, totally not fitness related at all. They're a bunch of investing nerds and real estate guys and stuff. So yeah, that, that's the things that I'm like, I get all, I'm, I'm all juiced about. So I'm really, really pumped, um, about those things that we're working on because I just think, I mean, think about this as a dream, right? If I, if we can structure this well, we potentially could pick up five or six properties all over the United States in the five or six most desirable places. Any of us selfishly want to go, I could rent them out. And as long as they are not losing, you know, I have these places that we could potentially, and I love, would love to do like we did up in the, the Tahoe place where we build a studio in it so we can travel stay in a beautiful place in park city for two weeks, work while we're, we're out there while also enjoying, you know, park city, and then maybe go to Hawaii and then Florida. And like, I mean, I just think that I'm, I'm I think we're all trying to create like this dream you know, type of job for ourselves. And I think we've done a pretty good job so far of doing that. And I think we, what I love about the guys is that even when we kind of reach these goals, yeah, everyone's always stretching the limits. Okay. Well, how can we make it even crazier and better? Like, what could we do? It's like, okay. Like how sick would it be if we had these houses that had like all the shit we love jacuzzis, saunas, steam room, cold plunges, movie theater, like all this stuff. And then we actually make money off of it. Cause we rent it out. And then on top of that, we carve time aside, you know, for us to go out there and detach and enjoy ourselves and be with family and stuff like that. So I'm pumped about that. I mean, I think that that side is going to be really fun to do that it's been a blast watching Sal with his book. Like he's, he's starting to really move into and Like, and he just picked up some business coaching to help with his kind of like uh, speaking to the audiences and stuff like that. So I think he's going to start doing a lot of keynote speaking in the mm-hmm. future. So I'm really pumped with what he's doing there. I know Justin's working hard with trying to get this place all completely revamped. I think we're going to move to a place where, this is going to be like an experience. So we're going to start having live audiences come in. So part of the reason why we're updating all this is that we want to wait until it's all done. And then we'll start having like, I don't know, five to 10 people once a week that will have come in for a live show. I think that's going to make us better. I think that'll make the show more entertaining to watch. We'll put cameras on them. So you see reactions and shit. And so we're really trying to, yeah, we're really trying to create more of an experience around this place. And so I'm excited about that. That's really cool. Of course, having a kid, I mean, he's my world right now. So everything about my life is, is really centered around him. I'm, I feel so blessed that I get to come home as early as I come home. Normally I'd already be on my way home right now uh, to go spend time with him. And I get to do that 90% of the time. So watching him grow and evolve. And, you know, we, we are just now entering speaking, right? So he's, he says lots of words. We're starting to put a few words together so, you know, in the next probably few months to six months, I'm, he's going to start putting sentences together and being able to actually communicate. So I'm, as you probably remember, that's probably such a cool, random, like, cool transition. Right. And I'm sure I'll enjoy it for a while and then it'll probably drive me crazy. Right. I'm sure that's what everybody says. Right? Like <laughs> it, it won't even drive you crazy as much as it will. Um, it, it will humble you <laughs> because they'll pick you apart and, and they do it so effortlessly where 
they pick things out that you're like, Oh my gosh, like I can't even get mad because it's so true. (laughs) And, and you just start to realize like they're literally witnessing everything you do. They don't miss anything. Yeah, man. It's, it's nuts. Like it's amazing. You have the schedule. I I'm right there with you. Like I, I, I get to work at home and be home with my kids. I pick my kids up from school every day. I drop them off every day. I go to all their games. Like I don't miss anything. Right. Which is like, like I pinch myself sometimes cause I didn't grow up like that. You know, it was like, my dad was gone overseas all the time and he was gone completely. It's like, Holy crap. Like this is, this is nuts, man. Yeah. You're, you're, you're entering a phase that will, as soon as they start speaking and forming their own opinions, Oh dude, it's, <laughs> it's mind blowing. And, yeah. and you'll see so many things too of yourself, right? You'll be like, yeah, oh, they're that way. Like my, my youngest who's five literally just, I came downstairs the other day not to like, totally hijack what you were saying, but they, uh, he had written out his own business plan. I kid you not. Oh, it's so rad. And I didn't teach him any of this stuff. I I literally didn't. He created his own. I'd probably break down and break down and cry. If I said something like that inside, I was, I was definitely crying on my exterior. I was like, just trying to show how freaking proud I was. I was like, dude, this is, this is absurd. He came up with the coolest restaurant named avocado cafe. And I was like, <laughs> how did you come up with that? He's like, I don't know. I just like avocados. I'm like, that's awesome, dude. And like, it was so simple to plan, but like so legit. And he'd written it down. Like, cause he can, he can write and stuff now. And like, Oh man, dude, like it, it's, it's incredible. But here's the scary part, right? Like not to, not to be a Debbie downer, but it goes by so fast, man. Yeah. Like, I look at, you know, thank God for these darn things, even though I can't stand them half the time, I can go back and look at pictures and memories and stuff. But then I look at them like, I don't remember that. Like that, that's, it happens so quick that you're like, I don't remember that happening. It's gone in a blink, dude. Like, so enjoy it as much as you can just be as present as, and you know, this, like, you know, it's just be as present as you possibly can. I'd say that's my, my number one dad balance right now is the balance between I, I want to log everything so I can do exactly what you said. I love like, so he has his own private account, right? So it's only for family so they mm-hmm. can see him. Right. Um, and it's, I don't even post anything else, but him, it's literally a timeline of his life. And I'm very, very consistent. In fact, I'm more consistent with his social media than I am my own. Right. Cause it's not, I don't think of it as social media for him. I think of it as this is my way to capture. Scrapbook. Yeah. Scrapbook, capture all these moments so I can go back relive it. So I can share it with my family across the country and stuff like that. Everybody can participate in his, you know, his growing up. So, so the delicate balance is doing that. And then also making sure that I'm completely present and I'm not just focused on taking pictures and, and videos and that I'm, I'm there with them. So I, you know, I like to think that I do a pretty good job of that. Cause I'm aware of it. And I know that because you know, I have certain rules, like I won't, I won't work or pull my phone out from personal stuff for me when I'm around him. If I pull my phone out, it's the video, him doing something right. Or take a picture of him and I doing something. And so those are my only, only times I'll even let him see my phone out. I don't ever want him to get in the habit of seeing me buried in my phone working, which I, I totally could do that. So I'm aware of that. I try and track on it. And then everybody says that, right? So it's, it's, it's a constant focus for me to not just let time pass me by. And I think right before you and I got on, we were, we were doing recording an episode and we were talking about routines and, you know, I've got this routine that I like first, when I come home, he's the, fr- I mean, I walk in, I wash my hands, go to the bathroom and straight to him. And then that's our, you know, the next hour to three hours, depending on, what time I got home, it's our playtime and we're wrestling and building and doing all, doing all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, that I do every day, man. And even when I have to travel, 
if um you know we're out of town somewhere uh, uh she zooms me in and i i read to him every night so we never we've never missed a night of reading like so i've, I've, I've tried to build i've tried to build a lot of traditions or consistency and routines around our lives together so that i do that I, i'm very very present and i don't forget a lot of stuff because i know it's inevitable right i know it's going to fly by and it's going to blow i'm going to blow i mean it already has i mean here we are coming up on three already i'm like damn it was just the other day when he couldn't talk, couldn't walk, couldn't do any of those things. Right. So yeah, it's cool. You know, from a, from a guy who at one point thought he might not have a kid, right. I, there was a, a long time. If, if anyone's listened to the podcast far enough back, you know, heard me say like, oh, I don't know, maybe we won't have kids or I don't really want, I didn't want a kid at that time. Yeah. I mean, it's life changing. I mean, it's uh, it's changed my purpose as, as a man completely. And, um, I'm unbelievably grateful for it. And even if I only end up having one, it, 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 it's already changed me so much. So hopefully we'll have a second one, but yeah, no, I, I love it, man. And his, and I love that I met these three guys I and mean, I'm the youngest, right? I'm the youngest at 40 or 41. I'll be this year. And they all had the kids first and ahead of me. So, you know, it's funny when we first started and I don't know how much you and I've talked about this, but I had a really hard time. I'd get really frustrated with everybody because I wanted to fucking grind. I just want, I wanted to like, Hey, this is, we're building this thing. It's going to take a while before it's really cranking and generating. I was totally aware of that. And I was like, let's just, let's camp out here, work bell to bell. And, you know, cause then we'll get there faster. That was my, my yeah. thought it was like, you know, let's just, let's just write off the next year or two and just, just bury ourselves into this thing. And they just refuse to do that. They're just like, nah, this is, I want to build this thing around my life. I'm at a place in my life where I don't need to do this podcast thing. I don't necessarily need this money. So I want to, I want to build it around my families. And so I was like constantly button heads with them about it. And now I look back at the way we've structured things and I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that they influenced me instead of me influencing them on how we should do things still drives me crazy sometimes, you know, like here, here, Doug and I will be here still till like four or five o'clock. And then everybody else have been gone for hours, but you know, but for the <laughs> most part, I'm very happy that they influenced me on that because now I see, you know, now I see like, you know, how cool it is. Cause I, all the time I have this conversation with Katrina, I come home and uh, even though I'm terrible with like journaling consistently and stuff, I do a good job of when these moments happen that I'll, I'll communicate it, right. I'll say it to Katrina or something. I'll say, man, I'm so, so grateful for the life that we have created for ourselves because, you know, here I am and it's five o'clock and I've been playing with my son for the last two or three hours. And I think, man, how many fathers, you know, bust their ass to build a, a good life for their kids and their wife. And they work till eight o'clock at night you know, and they, the, I mean, their kids already in bed by the time they get home, or maybe they're lucky and they come in at six or seven and get to just have dinner real quick. And the kids are in bed. It's like, th that's very normal and admirable. And a, a lot of great fathers have to do that because the job requires that. And, you know, how lucky am I that I was able to build something that provided the lifestyle that I was, I was driving for. And at the same time, um, I get to be incredibly present through all the phases of my kid's life. I just, I'm so blessed. Like, so um, I'm definitely in a place of gratitude right now. It's a, a, a try and remind myself that a lot because you know, that's what this is all about. Like if it's really easy to get focused on and I know 
for clickbait reasons with that, it's better to be talking about grinding and sacrifice and all the goal setting and the crushing this. And but at the end of the day, I mean, it's all about the journey. And if, if I'm so focused all the time on the next milestone, the next thing that I'm going to do, or the next big thing that we're going to crush. And I forget about what's right in front of me. Then it's like, you look back 20 years goes by and you go, what the fuck did I just do all that for? You know? So try to do, try to do my best of, of having those moments and then saying it out loud and uh, communicating that to my partner. Cause that's definitely where I'm at right now is a, a big place of gratitude. Dude, that's awesome. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll let us wrap up there. Cause I think we both got to get back to the boys. <laughs> I, gotta, I hear my kids going berserk. It's we read too, man. Make sure when he's old enough, you read the, uh, if you haven't read them yourself, man, they're, they're great for adults too, but the way of the warrior kid books. Oh, really? Dude, my favorite. I, I literally was sitting there reading this. Like every adult needs to read these damn things it's called you the know, way, the way of the warrior, the way of the warrior kid by Jocko Willink. Oh, it's Jocko's. Yeah. He came oh. out with, I think it's a three book series. We're on book number three. Now they have like workbooks and coloring books that go along with it. But the three main books, you know, tell a story of this kid as he kind of goes through, I think he's like eight or nine years old in the first book. And then it, you know, it goes through the next few years, but tremendously impactful, both from a father perspective for lessons. I, I know he wrote it for that reason. You know, he wrote it so that we have some, some things to think about ourselves and man, the boys loved it. They're like obsessed with it. So oh, cool. really, really awesome stuff. Um, teaches kids. Out, um, have you seen the Tuttle twins before? No, oh, no, you got to Tuttle twins is a whole volume and series on a uh, real easy way to teach kids economics. So oh, it's okay. Yeah. And it's in a, in like a story. So I, I, I want to say it's for right at your kids ages. So it's like the five to nine year old range. Oh, so it's, the, so I have it, I'm waiting for it. It was a Christmas. Yeah. I asked for my sister. So obviously Max, I'm not reading it to him yet. He's not ready for that. But like your, your, your boys are for sure ready for that. So look up Tuttle twins. And then another one that I, that actually was not written like a children's book, but I said that when Max gets to the age, I'm going to read this to him because it, the way uh, Peter Schiff wrote a book and it's called how an economy grows and why it crashes. Ooh. And, uh, it's a, it's a great book on it. So Katrina hates when I talk about economics or when I listen to anything related to that, she's just turned off by it. it's not her thing. She sure. actually listened to that book with me. And I remember her going like, Oh my God, that was really interesting. So he tells the story and he tells it through like a children's story of, you know, if you were to imagine us stranded on an Island, there's 10 people and fish is the in way you, that's the only source of income is food is what you catch is the most valuable thing, right. For people to survive on. And then how, how you would build an economy from that. And so, because he's telling it through like a, a story like that, and it's like a kid's story it's really easy to understand. And it's a great way to take, teach a kid, like just fundamentals around economics. So those two would be great ones to add to your life. That's awesome. I'm taking, I'm taking those and writing them down. Cause that's, cool. uh, yeah, that's how I connect with my kids. You know, it's like, I, I don't have the playbook on being a dad. Right. I mean, I grew up in a terrible, uh, fatherless home for the most part. And my dad did too. My dad went through abuse and stuff. And so it's just kind of a long chain of that, but the way I, I try to be a great dad is by teaching, right? Like, Hey, this is stuff I'm learning. Let me kind of teach it to you and read. Cause that's what I like to do and connect with my kids that way. And it kind of, it, it creates a bridge right between me and my kids so that there's a way for us to, to connect instead of me sitting there going, what am I supposed to be doing right now? Like, <laughs> yeah, I drive myself insane, uh, along with sports and working out and 
being a diehard Chicago sports fan, which I'll tell you a funny story as we wrap up, this will make you laugh as a, as a dad. So I coach my kid's football team, right? And we play in this uh, NFL flag football league. So every team is an NFL team, right? Uh-huh. And last year we were the Colts and we went undefeated and we won the whole thing. It was awesome, right? And so we're like putting the team together again this year, but they don't assign you the same team name. So my buddy who coaches with me, he's a Minnesota Vikings fan. And I'm a, of course, Chicago bears fan die hard. Guess what our team is this year. Uh, you get the, you get the Vikings and he gets we're, the bears. No, we're, we're the Packers. Oh, you get the Packers. <laughs> <laughs> so like his son is on the team and then my two boys are on the team and we're like, really? Like, how did you guys assign us the freaking Packers dude? Like Take both your- of our worst enemy uh, team or whatever. So the boys are like giving me a hard time. Cause they're not like, you know, they, they just like the players right now. Right, 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 right. I like Patrick Mahomes and the whatever. <laughs> so I'm like, one day you guys will understand this, but yeah. So it was just super funny, man. The kids are, they're a blast. So uh, yeah, dude. Well, Hey, I I'll, I'll say this, man. I always want to leave the guys who I respect on the show uh, with, with something that is just real, but also a compliment. You always force me to think bigger, man. It's like crazy. Every time I talk to you, it's either business thinking bigger fatherhood in this case, all those things. Um, so I appreciate that, man. It's like, sometimes you, as a business owner and, and someone who's, you know, going through life, trying to do all the right things, you're like, yeah, I think I'm thinking big enough. And then I talk to you and I'm like, yeah, I probably need to think a little bigger sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that. That's a hell of a compliment, dude. And I always enjoy, I really do enjoy talking to you. You've always had a, you've always had your head on your own. And like me, I think that we both had a very similar story growing up, which I also think is what's going to make us great fathers or has already made you a great father is that you care. I think that's the, that's the first step to being a great dad is, is to oh, care, you know, and that's, that's a, and believe it or not, that's 50% of the battle right away. Just the fact that you're mindful of it, that you care. And that, I mean, and I don't think there's anything as cool as businesses. And I love, I love, love talking that stuff. I don't think there's anything more important than us being great fathers. And I think that mm-hmm. you're a great example of that. I feel very blessed that I have people in my life like yourself, like my partners that are good examples and important to attach ourselves to people like that. You know, that's a, I think a lot of my success is because I've surrounded myself around these other great men. It continues to elevate me and think bigger. So yeah, dude, anytime you want to chop it up, even if we're not doing this, uh, I'm always there for that, bro. So I always enjoy talking to you. Mm-hmm. Where can people uh, connect with you? I'm sure that they, they've heard of my pub if they've been in the fitness space, but what's the best place for them to, if they haven't, connected with you guys yet? Where, where should they go? Yeah. You know, well, we're trying to really push some, uh, uh, the YouTube channel. So go, cool. go watch us, you know, uh, really trying to push that thing and, and grow that. And, and we're putting a lot of energy, you know, I didn't get into detail about it, but part of the editors is so what you get on the, the podcast and the, the YouTube channel, even though they're recorded at the same time, um, there's so much more put into the show, so mm-hmm. there's two editors on there that, so now when we communicate something, Sal talks about a study, a study slides up. We're talk, referring to a Netflix series. We just watched the Netflix show pops up. So we're trying to make it way more engaging. So I love for people to go check that out and I love feedback. So what you like, what you don't like, uh, I'm totally open to hearing uh, your opinion and stuff. And then I tell people to take advantage of all the free stuff, man. We have so much free content between the podcast, the exercise channel, mind pump TV on YouTube. We have mindpumpfree.com That's full of free guides. We now have the mind pump hormones forum on Facebook. That's absolutely free. If you're 
wondering if you're a candidate for, um, you know, uh, TRT or just want to know what that's all about. Go inside there. We're about to launch another one on Facebook. That's going to be our mind pub wellness forum where people that are wanting their blood work done or find out about gut health, all that stuff is going to be going on there with Dr. Cabral. So yeah, man, we've really made a, a push to continue to, with the mission of providing much free content as we can for our audience. And, you know, anytime it's your first time hearing me, I always push people in that direction. Go check out all the stuff that we have for free first. Dude, that's epic, man. Appreciate you taking a uh, precious hour of your time, man. It means a lot. Thank you, dude. Thanks for listening to the True Transformation podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave us um, a review. A review. Come back next time.